Deep pattern, downfield, touchdown Miami! What a throw, Devontae Parker! Holy smokes, what a drive! What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins' official podcast network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins, each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Thursday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here very happily with a new microphone in hand. Hopefully those audio issues I had on Wednesday's podcast are behind me, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty details behind this Dolphins and Cardinals game, a big matchup coming up on Sunday between two young quarterbacks, two elusive quarterbacks, Two well-coached teams and two teams that I think are trending in the upward direction right now in the National Football League. We'll talk about that. We're going to hear from Coach Flores. We're going to hear from some players. All of that and much, much more here on this Thursday, November the 5th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And Drive Time is brought to you by AutoNation. AutoNation, where Dolphins fans drive pink and helped raise over $25 million for cancer treatment and research and where every vehicle sold and serviced is sanitized. Keep driving safe at AutoNation.com. We had Brian Flores speak to the media on Thursday morning. Game day is getting closer. Week 9 in the NFL kicks off tonight in San Francisco with the Packers and 49ers. I don't know about you folks out there, but Thursday always is the kind of coming out party for the week. Like we put the work in for the most part throughout the course of the week. And now we have sports to look forward to on the weekend, man, Tuesday and, th- and Wednesday without sports on really besides some action didn't really have much to do. So we're back here talking sports, talking football, talking Miami dolphins. Let's go ahead and start on this podcast as we do on Thursday with dolphins and Cardinals injuries. First up for your Miami Dolphins, Miles Gaskin, the running back, was placed on injury reserve on Thursday. As far as the Thursday participation, running back Matt Breida did not practice. He missed his second straight day with the hamstring injury. And cornerback Jamal Perry was listed as limited with a foot injury on Thursday. Miami had several other players on the injury report, but all of them were full participants, including running back Patrick Laird, who was upgraded from limited Wednesday to full participant on Thursday. For the Arizona Cardinals... The Thursday update can be found on top news on MiamiDolphins.com, but as for Wednesday, they had four players who did not practice. Running back Kenyon Drake, receiver DeAndre Hopkins, but that was not injury-related, as well as cornerback Dre Kirkpatrick and defensive tackle Jordan Phillips. They had three players, Larry Fitzgerald, Jordan Hicks, and Zeke Turner, who were limited in practice on Wednesday. For Fitzgerald, that too was not injury-related. Let's go ahead and kick off Brian Flores' Thursday morning media availability with a question about Dolphins tackle, Dolphins rookie, number 18 pick in the draft this past April, Austin Jackson, who was back on the practice field on Wednesday and he can't or is eligible to come off the injured reserve. Here's Coach Flores on an update on Austin Jackson. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he was he was down for a few weeks, so, um, you know, we designated him for a return. Uh, was out of practice yesterday, uh, went through a couple drills, you know, obviously, like like any player, when you're when you're out for some weeks, there's a little bit of rust. So, you know, just trying to knock some of that off. So, a couple of drills here and there, um, and you know, we'll just take it day to day and see 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 where it goes. Um, but you know, it's good it's good to get him out there. One of the benefits of having this 
remade offensive line here in Miami is the Dolphins have been able to put Jesse Davis at left tackle, Robert Hunt at right tackle, and have been able to perform at a level commensurate with winning football. And, and in the past, this offensive line, if you know players had gone down, remember the 2015-2016 offensive line when if Brandon Albert went down or Mike Pouncey went down, all of a sudden you had this myriad of issues because the players coming in behind them maybe cost you some value on the offensive line. But the Dolphins have these six offensive linemen, and then you go Michael Dieter behind him, Julian Davenport as well on the roster, guys that can step in, fill in, next man up mentality. I was talking to John Congemi at Wednesday's practice saying, man, when Jackson comes back, that might be a problem, but that's a great problem to have. Having too many guys to get onto the lineup, only five can play, but having six, seven, eight good offensive linemen, man, that's that's a a fun problem to have. I'll, I'll just go ahead and leave it at that. Next up for Coach Flores. Another injury topic here regarding the Dolphins' running back position, Miles Gaskin, Matt Breida. Here's Coach Flores. Yeah, well, you know, just so you guys know, Miles will go on IR today. Miles Gaskin will go on IR. Um, but, yeah, we got we got, got some, some guys banged up. Uh, Jordan Howard, I think, you know, this guy, he's, he's, he's always practiced hard. He's always – look, I think he's a good runner. That's why we brought him here. So, uh, he'll get an opportunity. And, um, you know, Salvon and Ahmed will get an opportunity as well. Patrick Laird, and we like our depth at that position. So those guys will get an opportunity and um, they got to practice well and hopefully they uh, perform well in the game. So we talk about this construction of the Dolphins running back room. I talked about DeAndre Washington's receiving skill set on the podcast yesterday. You heard coach talk about Jordan Howard there. Another conversation I had with John Congemi at practice was talking about the goal line production of Jordan Howard, his short yardage production early in the season. Dolphins going to him in those spots. You heard Coach Flores talk about his opportunity. Salvin Ahmed, the running back out of Washington, is a he caught so many passes down there and got out on the edge of defenses, has a little bit of wiggle in his game as well. Patrick Laird, you know about his game as far as a pass catcher and contributions in the running game as well. So the Dolphins, once again, calling on some depth. Next man up, no excuses when it comes to players injured. That's going to be the mindset and the, and the mentality of this football team and they're going to be tested in that area at running back on Sunday, next man up in the backfield. You didn't hear Coach mention Matt Breida in that segment here, so he was asked to follow up about Matt Breida. Here's Coach talking about the Dolphins running back. With uh, doesn't mean it really doesn't. I just didn't mention him. He's still got a, a chance. Um, hamstrings are tough, so uh, we'll see how this goes throughout the week. We, we like the, uh, the depth at that position, and we'll see how it goes. You like the depth in the backfield at the running back position. Up next, Coach was asked to flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. He was asked about some of the cover zero looks. No safety help. You send the rush. You play tight man coverage or zone coverage on the back end with your with your stout defensive backfield you have here in Miami. Coach was asked about the cover zero package. Here's his response to that package and how the Dolphins execute it. I think Josh has done a good job as far as you know, game planning and um, trying to put guys in position to to have some success, um, and you know, we ran we ran some zero blitzes a year ago, and I think everybody has them. Um, so I don't think we're doing anything that's different than you know a lot of other teams. I think it's about execution, it's about preparation, it's about getting comfortable doing things in practice. You know, whether it's a zero blitz or uh, you know eight people in coverage, uh, any way you slice it, you got to execute. And, um, that's a week-to-week thing. So, again, that was last week. And really, you know, we got a, a tough test this week against the Cardinals. So, And up next, Coach was asked about Preston Williams and trying to maybe nurture confidence and, and, and 
referring to a couple of drop balls on Sunday. Coach Flores talks about how that's part of executing, and I'll just go ahead and leave it to Coach. Here's Coach on Preston Williams. You want to be encouraging, but at the same time, um, you you have to let players know it's important that they um, that they execute. And that's part of the execution: throwing, catching, blocking, defeating blocks, tackling, breaking tackles, and that's all part of the execution. So, the things we work on on a daily basis. Um, it's important to execute. When we don't, you know, it doesn't work out. You know, he's disappointed. We're disappointed. Um, look, I mean, Preston, uh, I can yell at him all I want. He's probably going to, you know, be more upset than than I than I am. Uh, so, um, I think part of part part of it for him is, you know, helping him move forward and move on to the next play because we need to do that also. Um, every player is a little bit different, so. Um, I think we we just continue to work on, um, you know, catching the football and route running and route technique and you know all those things, um, and and uh, move on from the from from any you know let's call it negative negative plays. And we heard Jerome Baker on yesterday's podcast and press conference talk about some of the self-policing nature of this Dolphins football team. I asked him about if they gave Eric Rowe a hard time for not squeezing that pick six, and he took it a step further to say, like, that's what's great about this team. We hold each other accountable. We want more. We can believe, we believe we can make every play out there when it comes our way. And so you hear Coach Flores talk about that there with Preston Williams and just kind of that, you know, I can yell at him all I want, but he's the one that's going to be more upset than anybody else that he maybe didn't make the catches that he felt he should have made. So self-policing, self-motivator, self-starters, that's the kind of people that Brian Flores and Chris Greer brought to the Dolphins team over the course of the offseason. So... We'll go ahead and finish up Coach Flores' press conference here with a remark about another player the Dolphins brought in this offseason, rookie quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. Coach addressed some, I don't know what to call them, rumors, reports out there that the Dolphins might be auditioning Tua for a 10-game season here going into next year's offseason and next year's draft. Here's Coach Flores on how he feels about that and putting a those rumors or those whispers to rest. Well, I mean, now that you mentioned you know, the quarterback, look, there's you know, a couple of things out there. Um, let's call it a source close to Dolphins thinking and saying that, you know, we, we're, we're auditioning, you know, to, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell you about my thinking. Uh, we, we brought to her here because we believe in him. Same as all the other you know, draft picks. Um, we, de- we believe in developing players. And I think you guys have heard me talk about him, the improvement of players on a daily basis. That would be the opposite of giving somebody a 10-game audition. So I guess that's that's my thinking on that, just so everybody's clear. I mean, for me, it's about, you know, the talent level of the quarterback, leadership, um, things of that nature. So there's a lot – there's the intangibles. There's a lot more to, to play in that position than, you know, height, weight, and speed, so, as, as well as every other position. So that's a follow-up to a question that originally started off by asking Coach about the untraditional makeup or the build or the prototype of the quarterbacks on Sunday, Kyler Murray and Tua Tungavailoa, both at six feet or under compared to the traditional 6'4", you know, 240-pound quarterback as Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald asked about. That's Coach Flores' thought on his quarterback and rumors out there with that quote-unquote Dolphins thinking or a source close to Dolphins thinking. Here's Coach Flores finishing up on that thought. Yes, I'm very uncomfortable with what comes out of these 10 games. I think since I've been here, I think everybody's heard me talk about the development of players. 
improvement on a daily basis. So I just don't see how someone close to Dolphins thinking could see that, could say that this would be a 10-game audition. That's just, you know, not sure who, who, where that, where, or who that, where that came from. So. And that's kind of the thing you point to here at the end of this presser is that Coach Flores will be consistent in that message. He always has been. He always says we're trying to work better, work to get better every single day, consistency, developing that level of consistency, improving on the things that we need to improve on, building on the things we've had success with. I mean, you might find it boring at times, but that's the message. That's the consistent message of the coach, of the football team. It reverberates throughout the walls here at the facility in Davies. So it's it's nice to see Coach just kind of say, look, this is my thought, and what other thought do we need besides Brian Flores' thought when it comes to this team, this quarterback, and and really everything that happens here with the Miami Dolphins on the football field. He also will point back to Chris Greer, Brandon Shore, the folks upstairs when it comes to personnel stuff as well. So there's a balance, there's a mix, there's a message, and it's all consistent here with your Miami Dolphins. With that, let's go ahead and jump ahead to the Week 9 preview. Dolphins at Cardinals, Sunday, November the 8th. 425 kickoff, not my favorite kickoff time, but hey, we're going to do it anyways. State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. It's supposed to be 66 degrees and partly cloudy, but they have a retractable roof. Will they close it? Will they keep it open? I don't know. But either way, for Dolphins and Cardinals, it's year two for both Brian Flores and Cliff Kingsbury. And as we do on the preview piece here on MiamiDolphins.com as well, is on the Drive Time podcast. I like to look at the similarities and the building processes and where teams are with regards to where they are in their own building process compared to the Miami Dolphins because I think we know right now the track the Dolphins are on, a young team still building, still growing, still maturing, still finding ways to to learn new ways to win football games and, and they've shown you the last three games that they have learned how to jump out to big leads and preserve those leads and close out football games. With the Cardinals last year, some up and down moments, some some moments of brilliance from Kyler Murray. The defense needed some reinforcements and they've got that and they've got Vance Joseph there calling a hell of a game plan for that Cardinals defense. So I look at both these teams on a similar trajectory in terms of where they're going. I think I might have talked about it on Twitter last year saying that my hot take was the Cardinals would be in contention for the playoffs at the end of the year. They were not. They finished 6-10. and But you see where that line of thinking comes from because of the young quarterback, the innovative head coach that puts them in position to do that. And as a as a byproduct of that, their offense averages 29 points per game right now. That's tied for eighth most in the league. And that's where this matchup and this, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, Texas Tech, a, a big time college offensive juggernaut down there in the Big 12. Brian Flores, defensive background, special teams background, fine details, all the things we've covered on this podcast so many times before. And you see that that mat, that clash, that matchup of offense versus defense kind of come to a head here. Dolphins league low, 18.6 points per game allowed. Cardinals, 29 points per game on offense, tied for eighth best in the league. Both teams have the young quarterbacks we talked about. Kyler Murray, number one overall draft pick in 2019. Tua Tunga the fifth pick in the draft this past year. And the spacing of these offenses, I think, tells you about the not only the direction of the modern NFL game but where these two quarterback strengths lie they both can see the field they both can rip it they both have really good accuracy good arm strength in that short to intermediate area and pop that thing out quick Cliff Kingsbury runs a ton of 10 personnel we'll talk about that here in one second that helps design some spacing out wide as well but Miami has the widest width at 30.1 yards of average spacing the Cardinals the sixth widest at 27.1 yards and with the Dolphins defense playing lights out since the week five game in San Francisco 
Francisco. The Dolphins are top three in points allowed, sacks, takeaways, third down conversion rate allowed. Despite playing only three games in that four-week period, they have eight takeaways with the Steelers, which is tied for the most, but the Steelers have four games. So it tells you kind of where this Dolphins defense is trending, but slowing down Murray and this Cardinals offense will not be easy, especially with the home side coming off the bye week. We have the injury report up on MiamiDolphins.com on the game preview. There you'll find out we listed Miles Gaskin on injured reserve and the rest of the injury report up on MiamiDolphins.com as we went over in the open of this podcast. The matchup highlights in this game had a bit of a tough time picking out three of them. I wanted to be I wanted to be really concise about it, and the first thing I thought about was the spacing versus the blitz, because we saw the touchdown pass last week, the lowest or the shortest window in terms of a touchdown pass in the NFL this season, 0.28 yards of separation between Devontae Parker and the Rams defensive back, who interfered with him on Tonga Bailoa's touchdown pass. That was against the blitz. That was against a free rusher. Six rushers, five guys in protection. That was what I saw Tua do in college at Alabama all the time. Identify that free rusher, throw the football in behind the blitz, and beat them at their own game, and then you let those receivers they had at Alabama turn and run with the football and make big explosive plays. You beat them pre-snap with the mind. You dissect where the defense lines up. You throw the football where the vacancies are. That's what Tunga Bailoa's strength was in college. That's what he did on that touchdown pass to Devontae Parker. We saw the quick flip, the quick release. That also helps you deal with the free rusher, helps you deal with the blitz as well. So the Cardinals will turn the heat up. They have the fourth highest blitz rate this year in the NFL with Vance Joseph per pro football reference. And speaking of draft crushes I had in terms of Kyler Murray and Tua Tungavailoa, another one a while back was Hassan Reddick out of Temple, who played some defensive end, played some some linebacker outside there as well. They tried to convert Hassan Reddick to an off-ball linebacker the first couple of years of his career, and it didn't really go well, so they put him back down on the edge as a rusher, and wouldn't you know it, he's having a revival this year. 20 quarterback pressures, leads the team there for the Cardinals. He primarily lines up off the offense's right side, so Robert Hunt off the right tackle spot over there as a left outside linebacker. He's played Redick 209 snaps this year on passing downs and 147 of those come as a pass rusher. So 147 pass rushing reps. What is that? 62 back in coverage. That's my big takeaway for the matchup. Number one here, the Dolphins spacing and quick passing game against that Cardinals blitz. Number two, on the other side, contain the quarterback run as well as the pass. We heard Josh Boyer say this guy is special, the total package, he really has it all. But the Dolphins defense has been swarming quarterbacks early and often in recent weeks. In the first halves of the last three games, Jimmy Garoppolo, Joe Flacco, Jared Goff have combined to turn the football over against this Dolphins defense seven times. That's 90 minutes of football, seven turnovers. You're going to take that. We also talked about how the Dolphins could have had more takeaways from the Rams in that game if they would have squeezed a couple of interceptions. But Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray, he plays a different style of football than those guys. He has more rushing yards than those three guys combined. In fact, his 437 rushing yards leads all NFL quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson is second with 411, but he's 14th in rushing yards regardless of what position, quarterback or running back. So top 15 rusher in the NFL. The Dolphins have speed of their own in the second level, however, to help match Murray's quickness and maybe stay in pace and keep him hemmed in and and prevent some of those big scramble runs that he loves to do and design runs as well. Kamu Gruje Hill, 4-4-5-40 speed. That guy can fly. He can cook. Jerome Baker, 4-5-3-40 speed. Andrew Van Ginkle, 4-5-9. Elandon Roberts, 4-6-0. Those are your four fastest linebackers in terms of 40-yard dash time. Of course, on-field football movements are different. 
but that's the best metric we have for that. So Dolphins trying to find a way to create some confusion for Murray when he tries to get outside on the scramble, on the extended plays, and also on design runs. But he also has a howitzer of a right arm. He's 12th in the NFL in deep passing per pro football focus, 417 yards on passes that travel more than 20 yards in the air. His 127.7 passer rating on such throws is fourth among quarterbacks with at least 10 deep throws. So the deep passing and running, that's a deadly combination. We see it with Russell Wilson in Seattle really have an impact there. We're starting to see it more and more here in Arizona with Kyler Murray. The Dolphins' pressure packages have created turnovers, low completion percentages, and a league-leading 11.3 points per game allowed over the last three games, finding a way to make Murray uncomfortable while also hemming the diminutive quarterback inside the pocket would go a long way towards our fourth consecutive victory. Option number three, or matchup number three here, is the nuclear option. You see what I did there? DeAndre Nuke Hopkins, going back to his Clemson days, his nickname was Nuke. He accounts for 31% of the Cardinals' pass targets this year, 73 targets through their first seven games out of 236 passes from the Cardinals, so 31%. He has nearly double the targets of the team's second most frequent option in the passing game. That is Larry Legend himself. Probably my all-time favorite receiver, Larry Fitzgerald. He has 37 targets compared to Hopkins' 73 targets, and he's producing, Hopkins is, at a level commensurate with those targets. 57 catches, 704 yards, three touchdowns. He's catching 78.1% of his targets for an average of 9.6 yards per target. You go back to his days in Houston, he had that ridiculous one-handed catch against Xavier Howard, who was in perfect coverage, and that shows you the types of plays this guy can make. You can have absolute perfect coverage, and he can still make a highlight real catch. Now, that one didn't count because of an offensive penalty, but it shows you the skill set this guy has and the strong hands he has. But again, mention Xavier Howard. Enter this Dolphins defensive backfield. Eric Rowe is tied for the league lead among safeties with nine passes defensed. Bobby McCain is playing all over the formation. We saw him rushing the quarterback, playing the deep, the deep center field, playing half, playing quarter. Whatever you want him to do, Bobby can do it. And perhaps his best work is coming up over the top. A great matchup here with Bobby McCain and Kyler Murray in the deep passing game. Over those last three games, opposing quarterbacks are 0 for 14 when trying to throw the football 20 or more yards in the air down the football field per pro football focus. 0 for 14, man. Really good over the top defense. And in games with both cornerbacks Byron Jones and Xavier Howard on the field from start to finish, we're talking Patriots, 49ers, Jets, and Rams. The Dolphins are allowing 13.8 points per game, averaging two takeaways per game, 5.5 yards per pass, and an opposing passer rating of 61.5. And wide receiver Christian Kirk on the other side, he is also a big play playmaker, 15.4 yards per catch with five touchdown catches this season, and Fitzgerald is second on the team with 29 catches. This matchup of strength on strength could play a big role in the outcome of Sunday's game. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Andy Isabella, shifty good receiver there as well for the Cardinals. More Cardinals personnel. You can't talk about this defense without talking about Buda Baker. He is in the mix for Defensive Player of the Year. You have to ID this guy. You have to recognize where he is at all times. And you have to be aware that he's going to probably cover sideline to sideline. This guy makes as many hustle plays as anybody you're going to see. He's instinctive. He's fast. He is ferocious. Gerald Alexander knows about this guy from his time back at Washington. He loves the instincts he plays with. And he is showing it this year as he is really going towards Defensive Player of the Year after winning Defensive Player of the Month in October. 
Two sacks, two interceptions, 59 tackles, four tackles for loss, and a forced fumble. This guy is a star in Arizona. Former Dolphins defensive tackle Jordan Phillips signed with the Cardinals this offseason. He is an explosive penetrator. We know about Jordan Phillips, a good pass rusher, fifth on the team with nine quarterback pressures, but he trails fellow interior defensive lineman Corey Peters, who is third on the team with 12 quarterback pressures. Cornerback Patrick Peterson... He is allowing just 56.8% of the throws in his direction to go completed. So he's back at his Pro Bowl level of style. Eight-time Pro Bowl there for Patrick Peterson. The Cardinals' interior offensive line, going back to the other side of the football, has combined for just 25 quarterback pressures through the first seven games. And left tackle DJ Humphreys is PFF's 11th highest-graded run-blocking tackle. So the Dolphins got to find a way to generate pressure on the interior, off the edge, keep Murray in that pocket, and put pressure on the interior as well. And here's what Boyer had to say about their offensive line. They have a very athletic offensive line that does a good job working together, end quote there, from Josh Boyer. As far as the Cardinals' scheme goes, they rank 8th in scoring. They are 1st in total offense at 419.1 yards per game. Their 160.7 rushing yards per game is 2nd in the NFL, and the 258.5 passing yards per game is 14th best. I mentioned the 10 personnel package they run frequently at the top of the podcast. One running back, no tight ends, four receivers. Two teams in the NFL have called that more than 36 times. The Bucks rank third with 36 plays out of that four receiver package. It's the Cardinals 101 times, the Bills 97 times. We highlighted that in the, in the Bills podcast back in week two. So Arizona uses that depth at receiver and spacing to help take advantage of both Murray's electric rushing threat and high velocity arm. This guy can flat out spin it and he's got options out there to throw the football to. Defensively, we talked about the blitz percentage. 38.6% of the defensive snaps per pro football reference. They're going to bring an extra rusher, the fourth highest rate in the NFL. And as a result, they are top 10 in sacks with 19, knockdown percentage at 8.9, and pressure rate at 23.5%, getting pressure on the quarterback. And he uses those packages, those rush packages, with one of the league's most frequent four defensive back deployments. We always talk about how nickel is the new base in the NFL. Most teams play nickel 60, 70, even 80% of the time. Arizona goes with four DBs on the field, 34% of their defensive snaps. That's seventh most in the NFL. The Cardinals' defense is ninth in scoring at 20.9 points per game. They're tied for 22nd in total defense at 378.4 yards per game. And their rush defense ranks 25th with 131.1 yards per game allowed. And the passing defense is 18th at 247.3 passing yards allowed per game. The Dolphins lead the all-time series 9-3 over the Cardinals, including that last win in 2016 in the rain with Matt Moore, the infamous Ryan Tannehill ACL game. The Dolphins' 144 total first downs through seven games is the franchise's most through the first seven games since 2014 when they had 150 first downs. And in his last 16 games, Devontae Parker is tied for ninth in the NFL in receiving touchdowns with nine and sixth in the league with receiving yards at 1,226. Tight end Mike Gesicki ranks fifth among NFL tight ends with 298 receiving yards. And the Dolphins offensive line has allowed just 11 sacks this season. That's the ninth fewest in the NFL. Defensive end Emmanuel Ogba is sixth in the NFL with six sacks and fifth among edge defenders on PFF with 32 quarterback pressures. His six sacks in the first seven games of his Dolphins career are the most by a Dolphin in their first seven games with the club since Danny Stubbs in 1996. Punter Matt Hawk, 40.2 career net average. That is the best in franchise history. And kicker Jason Sanders, 86.2% field goal percentage. 56 out of 65 is the best mark in franchise history. So 
Go check out the article, MiamiDolphins.com. I'll update it throughout the week with injuries. And if you guys missed the special teams piece yesterday, that is live and published as well. I highly encourage you to check that out. This team focuses on special teams. Plenty of good quotes and stats in that piece for you on MiamiDolphins.com. Let's go ahead and finish up this podcast with some player media. And we'll start with Dolphins receiver Jakeem Grant, who has familiarity going back to his college days with Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. Here's Jakeem talking about that experience and how he and Cliff Kingsbury's relationship has evolved since that time. Um, it was tough at the first beginning. I'm not going to lie. That's what caused the uh, suspension, you know, the birth of my, you know, my, my twins. Hey, man, you're, you're a college student and you, get, you find out you have the twins, it's going to be hard for anybody, uh, especially as a college student. But, man, like I said, I, I worked my butt off. You know, and I was going through it. I didn't, I was the type of guy that didn't ask for help. And, you know, Coach King was like, hey, man, uh, you can ask for help and go get tutoring and do this and do that. We got guys that, you know, we got people in the academics uh, part that'll help you out. And so what I did is, you know, I went and did that and, and, you know, passed all my classes so I can get back, get back on the field. If you never saw it, Jakeem was on a show called Undrafted back in 2016, which is ironic because he was drafted, but I really detailed Jakeem's life behind the scenes and taking care of his daughters, his, his twin daughters, and, and being a father and a husband. Pretty cool show. I highly encourage you to check that out. Finally, here with Jakeem, he was asked about preparation for the Cardinals, if the Dolphins feel any sense of added pressure because of their highly rated scoring offense this season. Here's Jakeem talking about the Cardinals offense and a note about the Dolphins offense themselves staying after practice this week. Um, I mean, we know it's going to be, you know, the Cardinals put up, they put up numbers and we know that we got to go out there and execute to the T. Um, we, we stayed out to practice. We got uh, timing on, you know, we got our timings right. You know, at, all of us as receivers, we stayed out to practice with two just to get our timings right. And so we know that we got to go out there and dominate. We can't, you know, have a game like we did, uh, we had last week. And up next, we got Dolphins linebacker Elandon Roberts here on our media availability for Thursday. And he was asked a question about the Dolphins' defensive identity. How would he describe or define this Dolphins' defense if they had an identity? Here's Elandon Roberts on just that. You know, believe it or not, uh, me just as a person, like at the end of the week, uh, after games, I always kind of, you know, try to figure out, man, like, well, you know, as a leader, uh, one of the leaders on the defense, I always try to think about the identity. Like, what is our identity? And, you know, it's crazy because we're playing good defense, but we're playing good and still trying to get that identity, if you if you understand what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. We have so much growth on defense to still go before we even create, you know what I'm saying, or understand our identity. And that comes between playing good football on first, second, and third down each week, and you'll figure out your identity. And up next, I wanted to ask Elandon about the splash plays he's been making, those big TFLs in the backfield, the big collisions. You remember he had the, and we talk about complimentary football, he had the play to set up the Andrew Van Ginkle fumble return off the Emmanuel Ogba strip sack because he had a TFL on the previous play. And that was a first and goal from the Dolphins' seven-yard line. If Daryl Henderson gains five or six yards in that play, the Rams might run the football again. You might not have a chance to go with that blitz package to get the strip sack, to get the touchdown, to change the game. So he landed Roberts making big plays that have big impacts in the game. I wanted to ask him because we've seen the style of play he has, very anticipatory and just flies in there and makes plays in the backfield, not blitzing, just reading keys and getting himself in the backfield. I wanted to ask him, 
What leads to those plays, and how can the Cardinals offense with that elusive quarterback who can keep it out of the mesh point and take it around the edge himself, what kind of challenges does that present to a player like Elandon Roberts, who works so much off anticipation and film study? I just think, uh, you know, Josh Boyan, our linebacker coach, he does a great job. Uh, Campanelli does a great job of getting us prepared throughout the week, you know, and uh, just film study, you know, certain things like that, you know, and just as a defense uh, playing together and know, you know, when it's time for you to uh, make the play that, you know, you guys been practicing on all week or that you didn't see in practice, you know what I'm saying? You know, um, defense is about anticipation. You know, if you watch enough film, you start anticipating certain things and stuff like that. So as a defense, uh, you know, we just, you know, growing in that category. And as uh, the Cardinals, man, they got an elite offense. You know, the quarterback, man, he does a great job with that offense and stuff like that. It's going to be a big challenge this week. Uh, you know, they're a complete offense, you know, and it don't get no better than that. So as a defense, you know, we just going to have to take this uh, game one play at a time, not get ahead, not get ahead of the downs, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that, but a 60-minute game because that's what it's going to be. And one of the most generic football terms you'll hear out there a million times if you watch this game enough, especially in today's game with all these uber-athletic, mobile, elusive quarterbacks is the quarterback spy, a player whose responsibility is to keep an eye on the quarterback and follow him around no matter what he does. It's a, a design to help limit scramble plays and off-script plays from the quarterback. Elandon Roberts was asked about spying Kyler Murray and what that might do to have an impact on your defense. But for him, and like the Dolphins' defense, it's all about the specific play call on any given down. I mean, it just kind of depends on the defensive call. You know, you can shadow in man, you can shadow in zone. You can shout on all different type of things, you know, so uh, it's kind of the aspect of, you know, how you plan that that role. Let's go ahead and finish up here with Dolphins receiver slash running back Malcolm Perry, who was first asked about his progression as a receiver and his NFL debut. Uh, get on the field and experience my first NFL game. So uh, it's good to get, at, get that under my belt. Um, and as far as uh, progressing as a receiver, I, I think I've come a, a long way um, in training at Navy, uh, the pre-draft process and stuff like that. Um, uh, I think, you know, like everybody else in the locker room would tell you, they have a long way to go or, you know, there's always room for improvement. So that's my mindset going forward. So we heard Jakeem earlier talk about the extra work after practice. I wanted to ask Malcolm, what can you take away from that extra work after practice? And what are you guys working on out there when practice is over? You know, you, you can't get anything right unless you work at it. So, um, you know, especially with, uh, Tua coming in, uh, recently, um, you know, we've been working with him since, since he's gotten here. So, you know, we're not too far off, but uh, there's some little fine, fine tuning to do. Um, and, you know, uh, the reps after practice are, are, you know, extremely important, just as, just as important as the reps in practice. So I'm getting with him and trying to get things right uh, every day. And then we get a follow-up on the extra practice reps after practice. Um, it depends on the day. It depends on how, how practice is going and um, if we need to work on something. So it can range from five to 30 minutes it, depending on what we need to work on. And um, it wasn't really anybody's idea. It's kind of just, yeah, I, I feel like we all just kind of got together at the practice and knowing that we need to work on something. So kind of became a trend. And, um, you know, it, it's day by day how long we stay after. And one more question here for Dolphins rookie receiver slash running back Malcolm Perry, who was asked about the demeanor of Tua Tungavailoa in his second week as the starter. Has it changed at all after having a game under his belt? Here's one rookie talking about another rookie. Um, I don't think he's changed much. He's always been the same guy. He's always confident. Um, he's always a hard, hard working and, you know, 
Um, he has a great personality in the huddle, outside the huddle, and in the locker room. So not much has changed. Um, you know, it's good to have a game under his belt, um, kind of get the feel for things. But uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't changed much. He's pretty a, a consistent guy. So. And there you have it, another lengthy edition of the Drive Time Podcast. Another reminder to go on MiamiDolphins.com and check out all the content we have there, the game previews, John Kinjemi's three keys to this game. And with that, think about the Fish Tank and the Audible Podcast here on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. We have Nat Moore on tomorrow's Flashback Podcast, as well as Seth and Juice of the Fish Tank joining me here on Drive Time. In the meantime, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from, go ahead and leave us a rating, leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Again, the fish tank, the audible, and MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.